It's good to see everybody out this morning. It's good to be with you all and to spend some time worshiping God together on the first day of the week. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6 is where we're going to spend uh, pretty much all of our time this morning and really this evening as well. Jeremy is also going to preach from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 this morning. Uh, He and I have been involved in a study on Tuesday mornings the past uh, couple of months, I guess, well, six weeks, right? The past six weeks, um, studying through the book of 1 Timothy with a few of you here as well. And then we've also been recording a podcast through 1 Timothy over the past several weeks. So we have both been heavily involved in the book of 1 Timothy of late, and we finished that study this week. And I think 1 Timothy chapter 6 really spoke to both of us in a very profound way as we concluded this study. 1 Timothy is an epistle written by Paul to a very dear friend of his, Timothy. They, they have worked together for many years at this point. And we get indication at the outset of 1 Timothy that as Paul continued on in his travels, he left Timothy in Ephesus to continue the work as an evangelist there with the, the Christians in Ephesus. Ephesus is a place that meant a lot to Paul. He himself had spent years in Ephesus. It's the elders in Ephesus that Paul would call to him as he was traveling through the region to speak directly to and to encourage in their work as shepherds among the Christians there in Ephesus. This is a group of people that meant a lot to Paul, and Timothy being someone who meant even more to Paul. He is referred to as his son on multiple occasions. Now, they are not blood relatives in any way. That just speaks to the relationship that they had with one another. Paul saw Timothy as someone that he could mentor and encourage And Timothy, as a young man, prepared to do the work of an evangelist and continue the spread of the gospel. And the book of 1 Timothy is meant to encourage Timothy in that work and to offer some instruction to Timothy as he helps the church in Ephesus continue to grow and continue to thrive. It's a very personal letter in a lot of ways. However, there is much application to be taken from it. It is both personal but very practical in the way that it's written. As Paul talks about some very important aspects of the Lord's church and the Lord's people that are just as true and profound today as they would have been when written to Timothy. I want to begin by just reading a few verses with you, and then we're going to make some application to this together. Let's begin in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 3. We're going to read through verse 5, and then we're going to skip down to verse number 20 and conclude the letter there. So beginning in verse number 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suppositions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. Verse number 20, O Timothy, 
Guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. As Paul concludes this this very personal letter to his dear friend Timothy, he encourages him to do two very important things. He encourages him to guard or to protect the things that have been entrusted to him. And he encourages him to avoid. Specifically to avoid the things that are falsely called knowledge. I love that phrase. Things that are falsely called knowledge. Timothy, you need to avoid those things. Now, as we start to to take what Paul has said to his dear friend Timothy, and we begin to make some application to our own lives today, it's important for you and I to do that very same thing. To guard or to protect what has been entrusted to us and to avoid the things that are falsely called knowledge. But that's one of those principles that is very easy on the surface, but it takes a great deal of wisdom and discernment to put that into practice within our lives. Because if it was easy to discern between the things that God wants us to hold close and to protect and to avoid the things that are falsely called knowledge, if that was easy, Paul would not have spent such a significant amount of his time writing to his dear friend Timothy about doing just that. Timothy, if anybody, should have been equipped and ready to do that. But Paul recognized that doing so is difficult. Doing so takes a great deal of discernment, a great deal of diligence, to be able to parse between truth, the things that have been entrusted to Timothy that he should hold close and protect, and the things that are falsely called knowledge that he is to avoid. And so as we turn through the pages of 1 Timothy, we get a better indication of what Paul is talking about there. Some of the specifics that he wants Timothy to guard and to protect and what he wants Timothy to avoid. And you and I as Christians today have the same responsibility to grow in these areas of protecting and guarding the things that are entrusted to us and avoiding those things falsely called knowledge. So let's look at some of the things that Paul encourages Timothy to guard and to protect. Let's turn back just a page in my Bible anyway to chapter 4. In chapter 4, Paul speaks directly to Timothy about his work as an evangelist and the important responsibilities that lie on his shoulders there in Ephesus. Listen to what he says beginning in verse number 15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You see, Paul calls specific attention to doctrine. 
We're going to talk about this just a moment when we get to the things that are falsely called knowledge that Timothy is to avoid. This is a theme throughout 1 Timothy. Doctrine is important. The, the belief that is found through a study of the gospel, the, the structure and the order and the guidelines given to us in Scripture, that they are not trivial. They are not to be left up to one's own devices. They are something to be guarded and protected. It is important that when it comes to things of doctrinal matter, that we stand firm on those, that we protect those things, that we guard those things. Now, there are things that are trivial, and Paul's going to warn Timothy about some of those things. But when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to the pages of the gospel and to the lessons that are given to us as Christians, we must stand firm on those. We must guard those. We must protect those. And the reason that we must guard those and we must protect those is because of what Tim just read for us from John as Jesus himself speaks to this reality. That there is truth. And in order for there to be truth, that implies that there is also, there's also lies. There's also dishonesty. And it is the truth that sets us free. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus again will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When it comes to the truth that is contained in Scripture, we have a responsibility to guard that. We have a responsibility to protect that. Now, there are a lot of applications to that that are very important. Kevin talked about some of those on Wednesday night, if you were here for that as he talked about some of the issues facing our young people today. When it comes to matters of gender, when it comes to matters of roles within the home, there is truth that we must stand firm on. We must guard that and protect that. Those are not trivial matters. Those are not things left up to each, of, each, every, each and every one's own way of thinking about them. There's truth. And as such, it must be protected. Paul is so intent on helping Timothy grow in this area that he even begins his second letter to Timothy using very similar language. If you turn just one page over to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 13, Paul will say, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. You hold fast the pattern of sound words. You guard those. You protect them. They are life-giving and life-changing. There are some other things that Paul will call attention to as things that we need to guard and to protect. Multiple times, within this letter to Timothy. Paul will talk about the structure of the Lord's church and the order within the Lord's church. He gives 
qualifications for elders and for deacons. He gives Timothy, the evangelist, some very important responsibilities within that local body. He talks about in chapter 3 the importance of the Lord's church helping and providing for widows who are truly widows and in need. He talks about the honor that should be given to the elders and even the assistance that can be, be provided to them if that becomes necessary. There is structure and there is order that God desires for his church. And that is something that is to be guarded and to be protected. It is to be guarded and protected because it is just that, the Lord's church. And because it is the Lord's church, if he chooses to provide structure and order to it, that is his right to do so. And Paul gives some of those instructions to Timothy. And Timothy then has the responsibility within the local body that he is working with to help structure the Lord's church the way that the Lord wants it structured and to help provide the order to it that makes sure that everyone's needs are met and that worship to God is prioritized in the way that God wants it. Those are the words that have been entrusted to Timothy. Now, Timothy, you guard those. You protect those. Don't, don't let people move you on those things. We can very easily look around the world today and realize that there's been a lot of movement that has taken place where God wishes for these things to be protected, to be guarded, for us to stand fast on these matters. God's church is structured and ordered in such a way that he can be glorified, that love can reign supreme, that every member as a part of the body can be cared for and provided for. Now, it's up to you and I to hold fast to that and to guard that structure and to guard that order that God sees fit. There are other things that Paul will talk about. There in chapter 6 that we read he talks about godliness. And if you continue on in verse number 6, he's going to talk about contentment. And Jeremy's going to talk more about that this evening. We won't spend a lot of time on that this morning. But just to say that godliness and contentment are truths that we need to hold fast to. They are principles that we need to stand firm on as Christians. Continuing on in verse number six, or chapter 6 and verse number 12, Paul will encourage Timothy to fight the good fight of faith and to lay hold of eternal life. These truths, these principles that Paul is laying out for Timothy are truths and principles that he is encouraged to guard and to protect, and they are truths and principles that we also need to guard and protect. God has given us his words. He has made promises to us. And he wants us to be the type of people that stand strong in those promises and stand strong in those truths. But in the same manner, as there are those things that we are to guard and to protect, as we mentioned at the outset, there are things that we are to avoid. Things that are falsely called knowledge. If you go back to chapter 1 and verse number 4, Paul will say there, don't give heed to fables and 
endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Very similar language is used in chapter 4 and verse number 7. As Paul there says, But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Again, in chapter 6 and verses 3 through 5, he will encourage Timothy there to avoid the temptation of greediness and materialism that comes with the desire of riches. These things that, that Paul is warning about, these wives' fables, these endless genealogies, these disputes over trivial matters, the greediness that the world is, is going to encourage you to, to strive after. All of those things, they are disguised. They are disguised to look like truth. That, that's why that phrase there at the end of chapter 6 is so profound. You avoid the things that are falsely called knowledge. See, the world is going to tell you, Timothy, the world is going to tell you that the pursuit of money and riches is what it's all about. The world is going to tell you that you win every argument. That's what's important. That you win the argument and you stay in that argument until they see it your way. Because that's where power comes from. That's where influence comes from. So you fight those fights. That's what the world will tell us. And they will disguise it as truth. Those are the things that are falsely called knowledge. Because those aren't the things of godliness. Those aren't the things of sound doctrine. Those aren't the things of contentment. Those aren't the fights of the good fight of faith. Those are the things, those are the things that divide people. Those are the things that lead to hurt feelings and hate and discontent. God prioritizes love. God prioritizes unity. And in order for that to reign supreme among God's people, we have to avoid these things that are falsely called knowledge. The truth of the matter is that we oftentimes argue over much more trivial things than we do over the things of sound doctrine. That's the reality of things. Now, if it's a matter of sound doctrine... We stand firm and we guard that. We've already talked about that this morning. That's worth protecting. That's worth guarding. The trivial matters, the trivial matters, you avoid those things. Because those are the things that are going to pull you apart. It does not matter whether we have sound panels in our auditorium. It doesn't matter whether you like the new carpet squares. Now, those things are perhaps on the very extreme end of trivial. I understand that. But there are a lot of things that fall into that category of trivial that the world will try to disguise as truth. And that's where it's important that you and I as Christians use discernment. We use wisdom to parse between those. We make sure that we stand for the truth We make sure that we avoid the things that are falsely called knowledge. 
It's so important that we do that because of what Paul says at the very end. By professing it, those things that are falsely called knowledge, some have strayed concerning the faith. See, pride is is not something that God tolerates, and it's certainly not something that is contained within the truth of Scripture. Greediness, there's no place for that in God's family. Endless disputes and strife and quarrels over trivial things, all that does is lead people to stray concerning the faith. The polar opposite of that is what happens when a group of God's people guards and protects the truth. Look with me in 1 John chapter 4. In 1 John chapter 4, I want to read just two verses with you as, as we begin to draw things to a close. Beginning in verse number 5, they are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There's a lot in those two verses. But what I want us to take away from those two verses this morning, as it relates to and connects to what we've been talking about this morning, is that there is a spirit of truth and there is a spirit of error. There is no middle ground being talked about there. There is a spirit of truth and there is a spirit of error. And those who are of the world, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. But those who are of God speak the things of God. And God hears us. And through those things, we can be unified in Him. And we can grow in love. And we can make sure that everyone's needs are met. And together, we can glorify and worship God the way that He intended the Lord's church to do. But when we begin to stray into the spirit of error, when we begin to bring close the things that are falsely called knowledge that we're to avoid, Fractures begin to be seen. Division takes place. Where love once reigned, hard feelings now drive people apart. And that is not at all what God expects or wants from his family. So in order for us to be the Lord's church that God expects and wants us to be, We too must guard and protect sound doctrine. We too must avoid endless genealogies, fables, old wives' tales, and everything else that is falsely called knowledge. In the kids' classes that have just begun, they're beginning this trimester in Acts chapter 13, roughly around there. And they they are beginning the study of Paul's first missionary journey. 
And as I was helping the girls with their lessons last night, we were just talking a little bit about the book of Acts and, and what it's all about and the beginnings of the Lord's church and the gospel spreading and the, the people that are involved in teaching the gospel. And we see the church growing and thriving. But we also see a lot of opposition to that growth. We see a lot of opposition to both the Lord's church and to those who are involved in teaching the gospel. And when that opposition comes into the picture, what we see from men like Paul and men like Barnabas and men like Timothy is that they stand firm for the truth. And they guard and they protect the words that have been entrusted to them. And it is through that example and through those actions that the Lord's church explodes. And that Christians from, from all over the place come to Christ and to the salvation that He provides. But that's only possible when people who have been entrusted with the truth guard it and protect it and stand firm for it. And that's the call to us today as well. And in whatever walk of life you are in, whatever your community is like, whatever those around you look like, you guard and protect what has been entrusted to you. And you avoid those things that bring about division and bring about hate. And as such, we can be a beacon of light to lead others to Christ in the same way that it happened in the early first century. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, maybe you're hearing some of these things, and maybe, maybe some of this sounds a little bit new, or, or maybe some of it isn't connecting quite, quite as well. I, w- I want you to think about, just for a moment, I, I want you to think about the beauty that is found in love you to think about the beauty that is found in harmony. I want you to think about the beauty that's found in freedom, in unity. Those are the things that Jesus provides to us. We just talked about this. We're, we're beginning our class in Matthew. We just talked about this this morning. In Matthew chapter 1, as the foretelling of Jesus' birth is taking place, It's told to us there Jesus' purpose, that he is coming to earth to save the people from their sins. He is coming to earth to do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And it is through that great gift that Jesus brought to the earth that the Lord's church is born, and that the good news spreads And that people from all over the world hear about Jesus. And they too come to be a part of his family. To have their sins forgiven. To be joined in unity with other brothers and sisters. And to grow and thrive as the Lord's church in their local communities. If you're not a Christian, I want you to just think about that for a moment. And think about the beauty that's found in being a part of that. And to recognize that the only way to be a part of that is through Christ. The only way to be a part of that 
is to grab hold of the sound doctrine that's provided to us in Scripture, to become a child of His through baptism and to have those sins washed away, and to be a part of the greatest family that's ever been created. If you are a Christian, maybe you haven't done as good a job of guarding or protecting the truth as you should. Or maybe you've let some of those things that are falsely called knowledge get a little too close for comfort. And we serve a God who is willing and ready to forgive, to bring you back into the fold. And we have a lot of brothers and sisters here at Traders Point that are ready and willing to put our arms around you and to help you stand firm for the truth and to keep those things falsely called knowledge out of your life. Keep them where they belong. We have a great opportunity this morning to walk out of these doors recognizing that our relationship with God is what it should be, is what it can be, and it is what God wants it to be. So whether you're in need of becoming a Christian this morning, or whether you have need for the prayers of this congregation, the help of the congregation, whatever your need may be, come to the front and let us know as we stand and as we sing.